Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you, choir. And, you know, speaking to our graduating seniors, but also speaking to everyone that's in this place today, the greatest thing that I can tell you is we have a, a Savior who is alive and that he still rules today. And, and I encourage you to grasp him and hold on to them. You, him, you may not understand everything about him, but folks, he understands everything about you. And I encourage you to turn your eyes upon Jesus. A couple of things, and, and well, I'll ask you if you would to take your Bibles today and turn to Luke, the Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter. The Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, a couple of things I do want to mention to you. I encourage you to look into your bulletin. The church council has is, 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 is presented a couple of motions that will be voted upon. There's a, there's, a, there's a wrong date at the heading of that. That will be on June the 5th. Make sure you mark that down. It's corrected in, down in the wording, but on June the 5th, we'll be having a meeting to vote upon those. We encourage you to, um, uh, to look at that, and if you have any questions, ask a, a pull a church council member to, uh, apart and, and ask them ab about that. Another thing that I would like for you to do, if you're a man, if you would just check in your back pocket, because um, there is a wallet found in the, in the parking lot this morning, and I have it on my possession. I'll not name the name. Um, but I will, you, you probably know whether that is yours or not. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure um, you, would, you would like to come back to that. And so, um, guys, please check your wallet. And, I mean, check your, your, your back pockets or your front pocket or wherever you put it. And if you're missing a wallet, um, just, just contact me. Make sure we, we get that to the right place. We've been studying over the last several weeks. Uh, actually a, a few months, on a series called Don't Waste Your Life. It's just, just, a, it's just a great passion of mine that in my own personal life, that, that, that at the end of the time, that, that when God calls me to be with Him, that I don't want to live my life with a lot of what-ifs. And, well, God, I should have done that, or I should have been doing this, or God, I shouldn't have done that. And... I think we all need to come to that because, folks, that is a, an issue that all of us are going to have to examine one day. And I, I think that many of us, if, if we're honest with ourselves, that we live much of our life just kind of fritting it away. But one of the greatest things that God has given us is time, but there's only so much. And so what we do with that, we must do it well. I prepared this message a, a few weeks ago um, in, in our series, but as soon as I prepared it, the Lord just let me know really quick, this is for Senior Day. And so I've kind of kept it in my back pocket waiting for this, this time. And, um, and there's just a wonderful story, a story about Jesus Christ. And, and you may look at this and just read it and think, well, this is just a story about fishing. But folks, God never places anything within his word without purpose. And one thing that we can find even about a fishing story is there's many principles that we can unfold. And, and when we study God's word, we need to ask the question, not only what is going on, but God, what does this mean to me? What can I learn from this? And high school seniors, I challenge you that there's, there's several lessons that you can learn from this lesson, but this is not obviously for, for, for the high school graduating seniors, this is for every one of us. It can continue to teach us no matter what age that we're in. And I'm just excited about being able to share this with you this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read God's Word together. But after we read God's Word, I'm going to sit down, and, and there's a, even this morning, early as I'd gotten up and I'd spend a time in prayer, and, and while I was spending a time in prayer, God brought a song to my mind, and it was too late to, 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 to work through our, our choir, but it was one that, um, gosh, God just brought to my mind that this is, this is just so much of the message that I'm going to be sharing with you. And I want you to listen to that song, and then I will come up, and, and then I'll come back up and, and share God's Word with you. Jesus Christ, very early within His ministry, as a matter of fact, this is calling some of his first disciples, but we want to know what, what's happening during, during this call. As a matter of fact, I see Sean. Sean and me sits together and start, studies the Word. It was really through one of our time of meeting that God just really grabbed my heart on this, this lesson that says, wow, more people need to hear this. 
And, and, and this is just the Word of God. I'll, I'll be reading out of a New King James uh, to help the, the smoothing out of the words when it says in, in Luke, the, the fifth chapter, verse 1, it says, Now it so it was, as a multitude pressed to him to hear the Word of God. Isn't that good? What? what, what? How much of an impact when there's a multitude just want to God tell me more? A multitude that was pressing to hear the Word of God. Oh, God sent us a hungry multitude. It says that he, that he stood by the lake of Gezeneret, that's what we would know, of the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two boats standing in the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and that's Peter, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes in the boats. Now when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. And let, your, and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their, their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Now, folks, that is a good day of fishing <laughs> when your boat sinks. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. The Father blessed this word, and God use it for your glory in Christ's name. Amen. Listen.
I love that song because I think it, it speaks to where so many people who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ find themselves through most of their lives. They find themselves, as, as the, the songwriter says, just how close can I get, Lord, to my surrender without losing all control? Just how much of you, Jesus, can I have without giving my life totally over to you? And then the line which we, that, that really grabbed me for this morning, where he, said, where he says, we have deep water faith in the shallow end, and we're called in the middle. We think that our faith is deep, but folks, we were never w- willing to get out into the deep. We want, to, we want to live our lives only ankle deep in Jesus Christ. And high school seniors... I suggest to you today that if that's how you'll live your life, then you'll live a a wasted life and an unexhilarated life because God has so much more for you. He wants you to go deeper than the shallows. He wants you to go out into the deep. He wants to be able to show himself to you for who you really are. And as I speak to the high school seniors, I speak also to those who are, are... maybe haven't graduated yet, or for those of us that graduated even some 40 years ago. Folks, it's time to push out. It's time to to, to test God that He can show us for whom He really is. And I think at the very beginning of His ministry as He was calling His disciples, it was a simple situation that happened in, in, in the call of the first disciples that, that taught some tremendously, some tremendously important principles. And I want us to take, and I want us to study those principles in this little snapshot in the life of Jesus Christ, and, and specifically on Simon, whom we also know as Peter, but also those other disciples. But before we go into this word, let me ask you, where do you live your life? Do you, do you live your life in the shallows? Do you live your life in the deep? Or are you caught in the middle? And folks, I think that's an answer that, that each one of us, or a question that each of us should stop and examine our lives. But let's just take God's Word. I, this is just so fun to take God's Word and, and something that seems to be extremely simple that, that He can teach us such profound truths. And again, as we, we look at these, these words and these truths, then I, just, I just want to walk through some basic principles God has taught me. And the first thing that He, he teaches me when I, when I read this Word, and we find in the, in the very first verse, Where it says, now so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gisenaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had had gone from them and were washing their nets, and he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. I, I think this first principle can just pass you by if you don't watch out. 
What you have here was Jesus Christ, and, and as he began to, to start his earthly ministry, the, the, it was falling on the ears of people, and people were hungering for what he spoke because he never talked like other people talked before. He didn't, he didn't talk in, a, in some type of religious sense that, that people couldn't understand. He met people where they are. That's the type of Jesus whom we serve. He was, he was, born, he was born as a man. He was laid in a crater. He was in, in a manger. He was born as a poor man. He understood common people, and he spoke common people's language. And people were yearning to hear something real and something that would apply to their life. And the multitudes were gathering around him. And early one morning that Jesus Christ found himself teaching and there were so many people wanting to hear his words. And I think it's interesting. They wanted to hear the word of God and it was the very word of God who was speaking to them. That, that, that Jesus was there and he thought, what am I going to do as people pressing on that he saw some boats. He says, a cool way to do this is just get into one of these boats and push out. But you know what the first principle is? Because this was Simon's boat. That, folks, Jesus honors us by getting into the boat with us and asking us to serve him. Let me tell you, Simon might not have understood it then, but later he would have to come to the idea that the very Son of God himself would ask me to get in my boat. Folks, when Jesus Christ begins to come and, and allow his presence in your life, don't push away from him. Don't be afraid that Jesus Christ would want to come and say, hey, I want to get in your boat with you. His desire is to come and to dwell with you and to live with you and, and enter into your life and crawl in your boat. And as I think about that, for some reason, so many people are afraid of that. Maybe it's because they're afraid that he's going to ask them to do something that they're not prepared to do or ask something of them. They're not prepared to, to give up. But you have to understand the privilege when the, when the very one whom the Bible says that spoke in the world came into place, that, 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 was that, that he was the means of all creation that would come and want to involve himself with you. What a privilege, folks. What a privilege, seniors, when Jesus Christ, through the, the voice of his Holy Spirit, begins to speak to your heart. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And when you begin to hear the voice of God himself, what a joy. And when that voice begins to approach you and wants to interact within your life and actually begin to ask you to come and to be a part of his ministry with him in and, and whatever way that may here it was simply a, 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 a allowing him to be in your boat. To just, you know, allowing him to, to be in the boat so to push out a little. Don't underemphasize the importance that you live within a society and you, you've brought up because obviously you're here in church today, seniors, where, where you've been, up, been brought up in or around church and you have family that have encouraged you, that you have been where Jesus wants to introduce himself to you. This seems so insignificant, but folks, this is a wow moment that Jesus himself would actually want to get in the boat with you. Don't minimize the, the presence, excuse me, the presence of God within your life. But let's just go on and let's look at some other truths. In the very first end, end of verse 3, we, we find that when Jesus had got into the boat, that the Bible says, and he asked him, ask Simon to put out a little from the land. When Jesus wants to involve himself with you, that, 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 that Jesus is going to begin to ask things of you. As a matter of fact, the Word of God teaches us that very significant within the Christian faith is this, obedience. As a matter of fact, Jesus said at one time, if you love me, if you really love me, then you'll keep my commandments. And Jesus also warned some people one time when he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, Lord? Why do you give me lip service and do not the things that I say? 
Because Jesus Christ was very aware. There's a lot of people that push around him. There's a lot of people that want to call his name, but they're not willing to get out into the deep end. They're not willing to follow him, sometimes even the least little things. And Jesus says, but that is not consistent with a person who loves me, a person who claims they know me. Because if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And what he had done for um, what he had done for Simon at this time when he got into Simon's boat, he says, Simon, could you just push me out a little? I mean, that was something very simple, just a very simple command that Jesus asked of Simon. Really didn't cost Simon anything. As a matter of fact, it made a lot of, a lot of sense to Simon at that particular time. Simon saw the crowds that they were heavy. They saw, he saw that they were pushing against Jesus Christ. He, he saw the bind that Jesus was in, and, 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 and it made a lot of sense probably that, that if Jesus would get into the boat, I'll just push him out. You know, Jesus begins this on very simple task. And that's, a, that's a, the second principle that we want, that Jesus prepares us through testing our faith in very small levels of our obedience. You know, I've I've known a lot of people over my years that want to do great things for God, but they're never willing to do the little things. They're they're really never willing to do those things that seem so insignificant. Seniors, Ms. Wanderson spoke to you that some statistics that that this that's been out, and and we've, we've noticed this, that so many times, and right after a, a young person graduates from high school, even though they grew up in the church, so 70% leave the church for about at least a year. And you think one of the simplest things that we can do is not forbid the assembly of ourselves together. But, but for some reason, that even though that we know that it might be important for us to be in church, and God says not to forbid the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some, that for some reason we say, God, no, God, that's not going to be for me. I mean, just the, just the fact of, of, of how simple that is, is continuing to assemble yourself together with the believers. is a simple step of faith to saying, God, I'm busy I've got a lot of stuff going on, but God, because I know that's where you want me on the day of worship, I'm going to be there. But it's funny that not only people who recently have graduated have this problem. We, we have all over America people who call themselves believers in Jesus Christ. They'll call themselves under the banner of Christianity, but they don't even do the very simplest of things of, of gathering together. To worship. You see, Jesus first tests us in the simple things. Whether it be worship, whether it be you know, giving of our tithe, whether it be just, hey, helping out in the nursery. We have people today that, 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 that are giving up their time to be in here this morning, but they're, they're in a, a really a thankless position because they're taking care of our children. They're doing the little things. And, and that's, where, that's where Jesus Christ, when he begins to call us unto himself, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't call us to do something that's going to blow us away. He's going to call us to do something that are very simple. To prove whether you're obedient, you, you are obedient in the little things, because if you're obedient in the little things, then I'll be able to move you on to greater things. And so I challenge each of you today that if you, if you want to, to make an impact for the glory of God, you have to start within the simple things. And all that that Jesus Christ asked Peter at that time was push me out a little. Something that Peter could understand, something that that really didn't cost Peter anything. But let me tell you, Jesus doesn't leave us there. But let's go on and and study the Word of God. And the the Bible says in verse 4 that When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. 
Wow. It's getting a little deeper. Let me, let, me, let me explain why this is getting a little bit more complicated. Because the Bible goes on to begin to explain that when Jesus asked Peter to, to, to push out into the deep and, and let down your nets, Peter responded but in verse 5, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. He says, nevertheless, it's your word. I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they had caught a, a great number of fish. Think about it. Peter and his brother Andrew and James and John, they were professional fishermen. This is how they made their living. They understood fishing. And apparently within the, in the lake of Gisenered or the, the Sea of Galilee, that, that, that the best fishing was at night. And so they would normally fish all night. But they had fished all night, and, and, and apparently just that night the fish were not biting. They were tired. They had been up all night long. And Jesus, who is a carpenter, what would he know about fishing? Got into the boat and said, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets. You see, we can understand that as, as, as we begin to walk with Jesus and we begin to faithfully obey Him in the small things, and He's going to call us to greater things. And the big principle, probably this whole unit, and, and it's hard to say the, the greatest, but Jesus will bring us to a crisis of faith when He asks us to launch out into the deep. Jesus is going to put some circumstances within each of our lives that's going to draw us into a point that, is called a, that can be called a crisis of faith because Jesus is, is going to test us, do you really believe me or do you not? Are you going to trust me or are you not? Now the stakes get a little bit higher. When Jesus had got into Simon's boat and pushed him out, the stakes weren't very high. I mean, Peter could understand what was going on, and Peter understood this really didn't cost me anything. I just needed to, to help push Jesus out a little bit. And, and, um, but now Jesus asked him something that was kind of insane. Especially under the situation that, that, that Peter knew this was crazy. I'm a professional fisherman. And it would be very easy for Peter to say at that time, Jesus, I know better than you do. I think people do that all the time. Now, when God begins to ask us to do something that, that we say, we might not say it with our mouth, but we say it within our heart, that God, I know better than you. And don't have a smug look on your face because every single one of us has done that before. That when God has brought us to a crisis of faith and asked us something that did not make sense, that when we say no, we're saying, God, I know better than you. And you could almost find that hidden. Well, one thing about it, it wasn't hidden in Peter's word. He was saying, Lord, we have fished all night and we've caught nothing. But you know what the cool thing is? Probably the, the, the most important words that were spoken in this passage was these words when, when Simon answered and said to him, Master, and I think it's interesting now that, that, G, that, that Peter's kind of responding to Jesus Christ. He's, he's using the idea of Lord. Master. Master. He said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. This makes no sense. But listen to the next word, nevertheless. Nevertheless. Master, even though this doesn't make sense to me, Nevertheless, he said, at your word, I will let down the net. Now, folks, that is, that is powerful, powerful theology, powerful daily living. Is that God, even though you've asked me to do something in my life that makes no sense, it makes no sense to me, first of all, professionally. I know how to fish. I fish these waters all night long. I fish these waters every week. I fish these waters with my daddy. My daddy owned, the, uh, owned my business. 
And Jesus, this makes no sense professionally or intellectually to me. And Jesus, you're a carpenter. You didn't even grow up around a lake. But you know what, Jesus? Even though this makes no sense to me professionally or intellectually, because you said it, I'm going to do it. It made no sense to him professionally, intellectually, or experientially because he had just experienced that. But he says, I'm going to do it. You see, folks, that's when people begin to grow in their faith or they begin to reveal that they have faith. That God, you're asking me to do something again that I cannot understand. That's outside my, my ability to perceive. But at your word, I'll let down my name. Mm. Graduates, you were challenged in the breakfast to, first of all, in your ABCs, is to always, I had a different always, trust God. And then the second one was to believe in His Word. To believe in His Word. You know, one thing about life that we must understand and I think we need to admit that, folks, we don't understand at all. There's a lot of things that occur within our life that's outside of our understanding. We don't know the past. I mean, we don't know the, the, the future. We don't know things that are going on around that's outside of our, our point of knowledge. We don't know things that are outside of our point of intellectualism. But God knows all things. He knows the past, the present. He knows the future. He knows what's going on inside of people's lives right now outside of this building. He knows what's going on inside of the life of the person sitting right next to you that you have no idea what's going on. And that's why to understand that when he speaks, when he speaks, he speaks truth. And so when he speaks truth to us, that when he asks us or leads us into a, a point of crisis of faith, that we can trust in him rather than our own understanding. And God's going to do that. And, um, and I think you need to pull and you need to understand something that we say here time and time and time and time and time again at Rayford Road Church. Blessings always follow what? Obedience. You see, we live in a twisted world that wants to make deals with God and say, God, you know what? If, if God, if you would bless me, then I would do this, this, and this for you. God doesn't work that way. God is not in the position to make deals. He's not going to make deals. He's God. He can do what he wants to. And you can't deal with God and bargain with God that, again, God, I will be obedient to you, and then, I mean, or I, I will be obedient to you after you bless me. No, God says it doesn't work that way. No, you're obedient to me, and then I'll bless you. Because blessings always follow obedience. And, and look what we find here. Though they, they had fished all night long and they could caught nothing, when, when, G, when, when Peter says, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net, and it says, and when they had done this, and listen, it's plural at that time. It's plural. You know what that means? That, that See, when, when Jesus first got on the boat, there was just him and Peter. But when, when Jesus had asked Peter to get out, that, that Peter had to get his buddies along with him. It took more than one person to let out the nets, which is another dilemma that Peter found himself in because not only was Peter thinking, you know, thinking that I fished all night and we've not caught anything. And can you imagine what James and John was saying? Peter, you're nuts. We fished all night and, and now you want to go out and let us get in the boat. But they did that too, that they had followed their friend Peter. But it says, and when they, when they um, had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. I think that's so cool. That when we step through that crisis of faith and we obey God, that he will bless us with great blessings. Physical blessings, they, they, were, they were blessed with a great drought of fish, a great catch of fish, but also spiritual blessings. I guarantee it took their faith from one level to another right there. Folks, to grow in your faith, you have to step out into the deep. 
There's so many people who live their entire life in very shallow faith because they've never been able to follow Jesus Christ out into the deep. And so when they speak of the things of God or when they do the things of God, all they can, all they can do is that which is ankle deep. And I wonder how many people even today, maybe even here, have lived your whole life fishing on the shallow end. Too afraid to cast on out into the deep. You find your comfort near the shore. You don't have to fear very much because you're only ankle deep. But I can tell you this, if that's how you've lived your life, your faith is just as shallow as the waters that you're fishing in. And for those who have deep faith, for those who've walked, that have launched out into deep waters. And that's what I challenge each of you today. The next principle we can find is this. One will never see Jesus for whom he really is and ourselves for whom we really are until we launch out in our faith. After Simon and his buddies had pushed out by faith, not, not that I understand it, but God, because, Jesus, because that's your word, I'll push out. And after they had caught, caught that great catch of fish, then look at the very next thing that happened. As the word of God said, when verse 7 it says, So they signaled to their partners, and the other boat came and to help them, and they came and filled both boats, so they began to sink. And in verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. There's a, there's a little play that's being used right here that you need to understand. That Simon was the name of Peter before he began to follow Christ. And when, when Jesus met Peter, it was Jesus, I mean Simon, Jesus changed his name to Peter. And every time within the Word of God, when you hear his name referred to Simon, that, that's more in the worldly terms. Or in the, that's when he was still living according to his world ways. But look, look at the very subtle switch. If you notice, he'd been calling him Simon, Simon, Simon. But now he's Simon Peter. Now he stepped into the kingdom. And he began to understand the things that Jesus wanted him to do. And the Bible, again, says these words after they, they saw this great miracle that had just occurred. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. When Peter, at the command of Jesus Christ, obeyed, and pushed out into the deep. And then he saw the miracle of, 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 of Jesus Christ, of the great catch. He saw Jesus Christ for who he really was. And not only that, he saw himself for who he really are. And the Bible says Simon Peter fell down in that boat. And he began to worship Jesus Christ, saying, Depart from me, O Lord, because I'm a sinful man. Through him stepping out into the deep, he saw God for who he really was. And he saw himself for who he really was. I think about Isaiah. And the Bible says in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, the first one, that, that this Isaiah, this great prophet, this, this great man of God, but he had a vision of the Lord. And when he saw God in, in all of his glory, he fell down and he says, away from me. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And maybe it might very well be that none of us have really seen God for he, who He really was because we've never been able to launch out into the deep. We've never been in the point of our faith where we say, God, Jesus, I want to trust you, and, and, and Jesus, if I fall on my face, I'll fall on my face. But Jesus, I'm hanging my whole life on you. But then when we, we, we hang our whole life on Jesus Christ, we see him do things in our lives that we never thought possible. He shows us that he's God. When I read this, it reminded me 
It reminded me that there was a time in Jesus' life that, that, that he, had, he probably had three very close friends apart from the disciples, uh, the apostles, and that was, that was Mary and Martha and Lazarus. As a matter of fact, Jesus, not, Jesus Christ was spending a night in their house when he, when he pressed through, through Bethany. They were just good friends. But his best friend, one of his best friends, Lazarus, had died. And, and boy, his sisters were all in a, in a quandary about that. And, um, you know, and, and, and Jesus was away at that particular time, and he purposed himself to be away. And they came in and cried on his shoulders that, Jesus, if you'd have been here, Lazarus would not have died. And him trying to tell them, hey, Mary, hey, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. It doesn't matter whether I was here or not. It doesn't matter if he's dead or not. I am the resurrection of life. And for some reason, it would not sink in. So Jesus, again, asked him to do something that was insane. Lazarus had been dead for four days. They didn't have the air conditioning, and they didn't have all the embalmment that we had today. And, and Jesus says, okay. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to remove the stone from the grave. Man, this was, in, this was crazy. Who wants to open a dead man's grave? And the Bible goes on and says this, and Jesus, again, groaning to himself, he came to the tomb, and he, it, was, it was a cave, and, and a stone lay against him. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time, there's a stench. She said, Lord, it stinks. For he has been dead for four days. But listen to how Jesus responded to her. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Folks, the only way you will ever be able to see the glory of God is that you believe. And you're willing to launch out into the deep. And you're willing to go places that your mind says, I don't know about that. Peter saw the glory of God. He saw something that was, that, that was absolutely impossible become possible. And the only way he saw that is he launched out and put out his nets just like Jesus told him to. And when, when we see God for who he really is, we see ourselves for who we really are. Peter recognized I was standing in the presence of a holy God. And when I stand into the presence of the holy God, that just reveals to me to be a sinful man. And maybe that's why it's so easy for so many people to play and dabble in their sin and fluff off their sin because they've never stood in the presence of a holy God. The next principle we can find in verses 9 and 10 is this, that others will be inspired by our launching out into, the, into our faith. Because the Word of God teaches us in verse 9, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee's, who were partners with Simon. Folks, when, when God calls us to launch out, he's not only doing the work in our lives, but he's doing the work in the people around us. Because if we, by faith, launch out, step into the deep waters, and God does a work in our life, there's other people watching us. And that affected James and John and probably Andrew. And they were all astonished. God used Peter, God used Peter as an inspiration for James and Andrew. Again, it reminds me of another person, a guy by the name of Daniel, we find in the Old Testament that had been taken captivity. And because of Daniel's stand that he would not eat of the king's um, choice foods. He had three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that followed along. And then there was later in their lives when they again made a stand against the king. But it was Daniel who launched out and trusted God that inspired his friends. And because Peter launched out at the command of God, it inspired his friends. And folks, what would that happen if, if all of us within this church, we'd begin to be obedient to the Lord, and when He begins to ask us to do some things that, are, that almost seems crazy to us, can you imagine the effect not only that it would have on our lives, but on our family members? I had lunch yesterday with a, with a young man that 
I had a, a privilege of, of, of leading to the Lord several years ago, and he admittedly told me that when, and he, said, he reminded me of this yesterday, that when I, um, when I come to know Christ, I didn't even know anything. I didn't even want a Bible. And all of his family members and all of his wife's family members are, 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 are without Christ. And, and, um, but over the years, as this young man and this young woman, they've grown in Christ. And now um, and, and, um, they've made some great sacrifices to live for the Lord. Now they're expecting their fifth child, which is just almost insanity to, uh, to, to their family. But, but, but he wanted to get together and tell me about it. He says, you know, Pastor, he says, a, a few weeks ago, my family was all up. And they begin to ask us, what is all this going on in your life? And he says, we had an hour to talk with our family about what God's done in our lives. And he says, and now my wife's brother wants to start a, 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 a Bible study with her over the phone. And, and folks, this brother probably didn't own the Bible. But see, because of this young man and his, his, his wife's faith of stepping out, that now it's beginning to flow over into his family. But listen, but, but, but there's a, but a couple more and then I'll close. First of all, God's, I, I switched these up on, on, I switched these up um, on your outline. But the next thing is greater blessings await those who launch out in faith. Listen to what Jesus said. He says, you know what? You have been fishers of fish. But now I'm going to make you fishers of men. Catching fish is one thing, but catching souls is another. I've got a bigger work for you guys. But, but, but Jesus could only say that to them because they were willing to launch out. And then finally, God's faithfulness to our small steps of obedience will lead to our willingness to take greater steps of obedience. Listen to the very last thing that was said. So they had brought them... So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Folks, them forsaking all and following Jesus just didn't happen in a vacuum. There was a lot of little steps that went on the way. There was a little step of, first of all, just, hey, launching out a little. There was another step of, hey, you launching out into a deep. There was another step of them seeing the miracles of God. And when your faith begins to... to, to to see God work in such a, a, a powerful way, then your, your faith strengthens to the point that you're willing to say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to forsake all. Folks, there's no greater freedom to get to a point in our life and saying, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do it. Nothing will hold me back. Few people get there. But those who do can turn the world upside down for Jesus Christ. Today I challenge... I challenge our high school seniors. I challenge every person in this church to launch out. I, I challenge you to get out of that shallow water of your faith and begin to fish in the deep. I challenge you to listen to, the, to, to, to God speaking to your life and say, yes, Lord. And, and I challenge you that even when God is calling you to do things that seems maybe crazy to your understanding, saying, nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. I'm telling you, you'll begin to see God in ways you've never seen Him. You'll begin to see yourself in ways that you've never seen yourself. God will use you in a spectacular way. And so in just a moment, we're going to close. And I'm going to challenge you now to step up and do something. You know, Don't just nod your head and say, yeah, that's right, that's good. I want to challenge you right now to stop and examine your life. I want to ask you about where is your personal life with Jesus Christ? First of all, are you even in the water? Do you even have a personal relationship with Him? Do you even know that, that, that your eternity is based in, G, in Jesus Christ? If not, I, I, I challenge you to come to Jesus today. Maybe right now He's knocking at the door of your heart and maybe He's saying, I want to get into the boat with you. And I want to, invite you, I want to ask you to invite Him in. I want to ask you to come and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not worried about my, what my friends are going to say. I'm not worried about what people are going to say. I want to make sure, I want to make sure that I'm right with Jesus Christ. I want to ask you to come. But I believe there's a lot of Christians here today that if you stopped and really began to ask yourself, what about my faith? You'd have to admit to yourself, I'm in shallow water. I'm in shallow water. All my life is lived 
in the shallows. I'm asking you today to step out, to launch out in the deep. God has more for you. And I'm just going to ask you that, that, you know what, he may ask you to give up some things. He may ask you to do some things that, that doesn't make sense to you. But I'm going to ask you to say the same thing this morning that Peter says, nevertheless, at your word, that's what I'll do. And maybe, maybe he's speaking to your heart right now. Why don't you just say, yes, Lord. God, I don't know what you're going to have me to do, but whatever you ask me to do, that's your word. I'm going to do it. And you know what you, you probably need to come to the altar and just, you just, just say, Lord, nevertheless, it's your word. That's what I'll do. And so I challenge you this morning in the name of Jesus. I want to ask our, our musicians to come at this particular time. And I can tell you, folks, you can make a difference. You can make a difference for the kingdom of God. You can make a difference in your own personal life. You can make a difference for those who are around you by stepping out. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Have you heard the voice of God this morning? If so, I want to ask you to stand right now. Stand right now and respond what, what the Holy Spirit. Let's all stand together. Let's all stand together right now as our team begins to sing. Thank you.